God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? All right, it's time for the best show of the week. We're so happy you guys get to join us. This thing's just getting started. We're on episode 30. Yeah. Episode 30, y'all. But we're not with the typical four. It's just three of us, guys. We're going to miss Daniel Clayton this week. We're uh, really going to be bummed out. And I know the topic we're talking about is something that is also is something that Daniel is super passionate about. So it's, we're going to miss him, but this is going to be pretty awesome with just us three. We're so glad you get to join us because you got me, David Covert, you got Ryan Cribs, and you got Mike Clayton, the infamous Mike Clayton. <laughs> so, how are we doing, guys? How are we doing? Doing good. Doing very good. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh, got a lot going on these days. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been like that. It's, I think where I think I'm finally getting over. We talked last week about how amazing that conference was and it truly was amazing. And thank you again for everyone who was tuning in that was able to go. It was truly an amazing and awesome experience. And I think we're going to continue along that same vein, mm -hmm. but if you didn't get a chance to see us this last week, you are going to see us pretty soon at revive. So it's going to be pretty awesome. We got even more time. We got more room. That means there's going to be a lot more people there. So please, if you haven't already, Hebrew Roots Network, go sign up. And they got hotel discounts. They got all that good stuff on that website. Go, go, go ahead and get registered. It seriously is going to be an amazing time because every year we've done this, God shows up in a big and mighty way. Just like on this episode, he's going to truly show up and it's going to be really awesome subject so mike what are we going to talk about today okay so um you know we've worked together now for quite a few uh, quite a few years uh been able to travel with you guys the exodus side of the road band oh uh, <laughs> uh, i i have not been to the exodus we're in Bucky's band yet, but you know, I don't have that much time left in life. Ooh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But, but Mike did introduce us to this place. I, I did. And then he I walked did. away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I do yes. actually still have the picture, David Covert. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that one's that coming one. out one of these days. We can, so. we can keep that picture in the, on the low there. We, we, no one needs to know about that. I can be bribed. It very well could be. That would be a, <laughs> yeah. That'd so, be unfortunate that got out. Here's something that we see. You know, it, it's like, um, and I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not trying to judge anyone or, or anything like that. Um, but I, I've been in conferences, you know, for for a lot of years, um, and and I there's these times that it feels like there's a river there, mm -hmm. and there's this yes. flowing of this river that's in the room. It's the you know the river of the spirit. And you'll see people in the room that instead of, I mean, there, there's no way that they can't, they, they can't be in the midst of the river, but yet they kind of built this wall around them to where they're staying totally dry. Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem, um, I, I don't like the term necessarily. I don't feel like it, it necessarily covers everything. You know, it doesn't wrap it up and tie it in a nice little bow, but 
heart posture. And what I mean by that is, what are you, how are you approaching worship? Mm. And oftentimes, it feels like so many people come into a place where there is, you know, like an evening of worship happening, let's say. And they come in with the expectation that the band is providing the worship and you are just there to be conveyed along. So there's no, there's no active effort being placed. Kind of like, kind of like attending a concert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm going to sit here. The band is going to play. Um, I'll throw this one in there too. They'll say things like, um, Hopefully, they'll play songs I know so that I can join in, mm-hmm. right? Mm. I feel like where the fallacy of that is, is it doesn't matter what necessarily the band is doing. It matters what you are doing individually, where your heart is. Mm. And I'd actually like to take us to scripture for this one. I've okay, that'd be a good idea. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to um, Second Chronicles chapter 29, verses 27 and 28. Okay. It says, Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. As the offering began, singing to the Lord began also. All right, so we have an offering going on, and as the offering is taking place, there is singing happening. Then it says, excuse me, I lost my place here. All right, singing to the Lord began also, accompanied by trumpets and the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly bowed in worship while the musicians played and the trumpets sounded. Mm. So if let's break down that text for a second. We have an offering taking place. We have singers singing. We have instruments being played. And in the midst of that, we have an assembly that is bowed in worship. It doesn't say that the musicians worshiped. It says that the musicians did their job that they were ascribed to do and the assembly worshiped. So if you want to have a move of God in your assembly or in an event, in a conference or whatever, I would say that it is a fallacy to ascribe solely to the band the entire responsibility of bringing in the worship. It is actually your responsibility where you are in the audience to join in with that to get in that river we've talked about the river flowing through Uh, you know we can go on to first chronicles 16 29 it says ascribe to the lord the glory do his name bring an offering and come before him worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness this isn't talking anything about, you know, whether you know the song or whether you're playing an instrument or, or whatnot. This is an actual heart posture. This is you are coming before the Lord with thankfulness, with gratefulness um, to ascribe the glory. It says due to his name. I think that that kind of sums it up. Mm-hmm. David, I was about to say, like, there's what you're talking about there that is absolutely something from the an audience perspective that's always been something that when we go to events that we're not actually playing at that always is something that i find interesting because then i get to be 
I get to find myself as the audience member from like the roles reverse, right? The roles reverse. And so then it's like, okay, now I'm an active participant in what's happening here. And there's something, you know, when things are happening, it doesn't, it's a, a, man, what was that guy's name? It just, just left my mind. I was thinking about someone who totally challenged my, my thinking of worship. And to your point, Ryan, of, well, I hope that they'll play songs that I know. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. And oh, I wish that's a single on it. You know what? It's going to come up at the end of this episode. I'll remember <laughs> who it was, but he was before we were a band before any of that, this, this gentleman was singing from just such a depth of his heart. Was it Jimmy uh, Black? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways, Jimmy Black and Jimmy Black was singing and some people have certain opinions about how his music is played but he held a worship seminar at a conference and just blew my perception of what worship was out of the water, just totally blew it out of the water. And to this end, what we're talking about today is what he was talking about. This idea of you have to, this is not about you joining in with music. You know, it's about you listening, observing and being, we're calling it a river. Everyone, some people call it different things. It's a move that's happening outside of your knowledge of what's going on. Like temperature wise, it's not affected by temperature. It's not affected by any of these things. It's just something that you feel within, within. And if you're not, it's not a, it's not a problem with what's happening outside. It's usually directed at you. And I found myself, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I have absolutely found myself in a bubble, mm -hmm. in a, shielded area where I was being impervious to receiving like a like a telephone right I had taken my telephone off the off the hook and let it just dial tone and so that I couldn't receive anything because where I was at positionally either I was angry I was prideful about something or what have you just was not ready to receive and that's where I feel like that's where there's this, there's this disconnect where we're talking about either you join it and get wet or you stay dry. It comes back to why, where, where, where is your heart at with this? Because it's not about, oh, they're playing name a song that's always famous. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately with everything and how much uh, money that goes into a lot of these productions. And I have, I will talk about that. I really do want to talk about that on that side. Cause I'm a gear guy. I love equipment and sound and all this stuff. But a lot of times, Mike, like you said, it turns into a concert mm -hmm. and that's not where it should be. It should be leading you to a place where your walls break down. You should feel comfortable enough to break your walls down or allow your walls to subside. Because when you enter into that river and if you've never experienced that, oh man, you don't know what you're missing. Because that could be a long conversation. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let something else go here. Um, I think though that what Ryan was saying absolutely is right. There's this thing where as musicians, and I was not, I didn't grow up into being a musician, but I think worshiper, I absolutely knew what that was like. I mm -hmm. knew about that. Mm -hmm. And like Daniel talks about, and I wish he was here because I know he could talk about this and I love it. And if you haven't listened to him, listen to his testimony uh, a while back, he talked about that. And this is something he really talked about. And he talked about how worship is worth ship. That's just, well, if you understand that, that really makes a ton of sense. 
and to know that you could be there and on stage, I'll just, I'll let myself go. Cause as long as I just don't need to be playing and I'm like, I'm joining in. I don't need to play. I'm joining in. I don't have to back up to this. So. Does it, does, it come, does it come down to David? Maybe you hit a couple of words, just kind of running through it there that mm-hmm. at first you use the word audience mm-hmm. and then you use the word participant. So is, is possibly part of the problem. Uh, I, I don't think that people are sitting there in this this posture that we're we're talking about mm-hmm. on purpose. You're right. I, I, I don't think there there it's not a rebellious thing. It's not like, well, I have seen that, you know. Uh yeah, now that I say that I have, but that's that's not the norm. Is it possible that for the most people, uh they've never they've either never been taught about what worship is. Or they think, well, since I'm not musically inclined, I can't do that. Or is it the stage, platform, audience uh, concept that they have, like going to a concert? Or is Mm -hmm. it D, all the above? Mm. I think that I definitely wanted to hit on what you were saying there. I think you're right. It's the perception of which you're coming into this thing. Like I, like I literally said, uh, there's probably a bit of projection there from my own, where I was at when some of those moments of my perception going into that was, oh, I'm just an audience member. And it was like, no, 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 you're a participant. You're right. Understanding that you're a participant in all this, that plays a huge role. Understanding that you're a part of a, because like you, you brought up Second Chronicles there, Ryan, about how they, the people started to break out in the song. And I know we've all been there when random singing it appears random but it isn't and oh i'm gonna get into that maybe a little bit that whole idea when the river flows cannot explain to you how just miracles are happening that you don't even know there's little miracles happening of just communication every one of those musicians is on the same page Mm -hmm. they're locked in they know where they're going so to say that so that i'm bringing that up to say is that though that's what the musicians are doing you can also actively join in with that because you're actively participating in knowing when there's a uh, when there's that build up and release and all these things are happening as you're flowing in with it like a, almost like a choir. I guess that's something you could think of it. You're joining in as a, a, a choir, a participant. Hmm. I, I all I see is like you said in Second Chronicles that whole being in the temple. There's an offering going on, and our prayers are like offerings, and everyone just singing out aloud in one voice, all in unity is almost better than any instrument could ever do. Mm-hmm. The human voice being probably one of the best. That's something, so yeah, that perception there. You, you reminded me, Dave, uh, in what you said there, there's a, a portion in the um, Sador service mm-hmm. uh, where it's talking about, the, and the angels are gathered around the throne and they cry, holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's tradition. And you can speak to some of this, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a just a, and it's a small tradition, but where those reciting holy, 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 that you lift your heels off the ground three yes. times with each holy. Right. Doing so, meaning that you have left the earth, let's say, or the, the, the natural thing and have come into a higher state of, of holiness, of worship. You're signifying by those three heel lifts that 
you are ascribing holiness and mm -hmm. greatness, but that you're also changing your posture so that you are worshiping, if you will, uh, and, and, you know, basically uh, signifying that you're leaving this plane and entering into the plane of worship of the creator. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. A lot of people miss that or, or might can misinterpret that. But um, so then that's the idea, that perception of understanding that in, in, in Judaism, especially with liturgy, but there's a lot of liturgy and a lot of other things that mm -hmm. that idea of joining in something as simple as holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All right. That, that, that line, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. There's not, nothing you could say wrong against that. I mean, if you got something, an issue with that, I mean, okay. <laughs> There's about nothing you could say against that. And it says every time when, like Moses, when he's seeing the throne, when anyone's seeing anything, there's angels saying that over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And the idea of joining in with their voice. Think about that. Joining okay. in with what the angels are doing every single day. Okay. And, I, I think I just kind of stumbled into this thing. Mm -hmm. um, let, let me run with it and see. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that what we're talking about is the difference between those who have a realization that God is present in the room mm. and those who maybe by no fault of their own have just never come to that realization? Uh, yes, I yeah. would say so. I so, would say so. so. So Ryan, David, as as those that are leading here, could we say that it is actually your, your job, your duty, your whatever it is, your calling to bring them to the place of reality, mm. the reality of God, because once they experience that, then we no longer have to push people. You no yes. longer have to tell people to stand. You don't have to st tell people to lift their hands. You don't have to tell people anything. When 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 they get a a realization of the creator of the universe, you know, we read over that verse where Yeshua Messiah said, where two or more are gathered, there I am in their midst. And it's like, okay, whatever, you know, uh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. The, the realization that when two or more gathered together in his name by his spirit, he is literally in the room. Mm -hmm. But many people have never experienced that. Right. Let me give you an example. Um, years ago, when I this was first or second year of pastoring, uh, so this is 28, 29 years ago, I started. Uh, I had a couple of pastors that I had a relationship with. We got together and prayed once in a while, and um, that turned into much more later on. But uh, this one pastor from the more charismatic, um, really the only charismatic church in the uh, whole county, uh, was sitting down in my office one day, and we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden, the two of us stopped and, and just dead silence from a conversation dead silence, looked at each other face to face, eyes locked. And I remember John looking at me and saying, he's here. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. 
I would like to add something to that. You know, to kind of add to what I talked about when we first opened the show, it is the the role, the responsibility of the band to create an atmosphere, the, an atmosphere for worship. Um, you know, we'll use the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah. We can lead you to water. We cannot make you drink. And <laughs> to that end as well, If you were having, I would challenge you, if you're having a hard time during a worship service, entering into a spirit of worship, change your physical posture. Get on your knees, get on your face. That revolutionized it for me. Get mm -hmm. off the back row. Yeah, get mm -hmm. off the back row. Um, that changed it for me. I remember one of the first like worship services that I went to, and it goes back with my testimony for those of you that have heard it. When I first walked into that building at Sukkot for that first service, I had my mail read to me and everything. And um, we, we go into worship. And it was the first time I had seen anybody like actually get on their face mm. and start worshiping. And I thought, well, you know what? You know, there's no time like the present because of everything that's just taken place in my life. And so I did the same. As soon as my nose hit that ground, the spirit just flooded the room. And I mean, we, we stayed there worshiping for hours. It felt like minutes, you know, and none of us wanted it to end, mm -hmm. you know? Um, did I know any of the songs that were played? I think I knew one. <laughs> fallacy of you know play songs everybody knows so that mm -hmm. we can all worship together i I, mm -hmm. I just can't get behind um but yeah i, I challenge you you know if, if you are having a hard time entering into that change your posture i think i also wanted to offer up another uh what we've seen in the past as well you speaking of that action being taken and i know we have seen it at revive we've also seen it at camp uh, Camp Mashiach in particular, where it, all it takes is one to decide. There's actually a song about that, but all it takes is for one to decide that they don't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah, They're going mm -hmm. to enter in in how they believe that the where they know they need to be, whether that's on the floor, whether mm -hmm. that's dancing, whether that's yes. singing. It takes one, and it's it's like it's infectious. It just mm -hmm. starts in just rushing through the room. It's yeah. like a it's like a dry creek all of a sudden just opening up and just the water rushing forth. And it's that action that was and that's almost been every single time that we've experienced as a band. I know you've seen it just took one. It just took one, a family, a person, just took one. And then that's, something yeah. else happened in the room. That's why I love to see Leyland come in the room. <laughs> she, yeah. she's the one it's like, yes yeah she's gonna go she doesn't care she doesn't care you know I, I mentioned the backseat people okay now somebody goes to a conference and you see me in the back um there's a reason for that and uh that is not because i'm trying to disconnect but um as a shepherd i watch what's going on in the room okay so uh, during worship, a lot of times uh, people are very susceptible. 
I've seen uh, a lot of things happen during that time. And um, people that would like to take advantage of, of others, a lot of the things happen. So I'm usually watching a lot. Um, unfortunately, what happens is when you are in that place, people think that they, that they can come talk to you. No, mm -hmm. I'm not there to be talked to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, or uh, people get on their cell phones. The people in the, in the back usually have their cell phones on, okay? Uh, sometimes you need to say, listen, I'm leaving this. I'm going to leave this and I'm going to get closer because mm -hmm. I'm going to get away from the distractions. And it may be that everybody else or a, a great number of people in the room are waiting for somebody to do that. Yes. You know, I've been in that service, Ryan, that somebody decided I'm going to the front and laying on my face. And all of a sudden it was like half the room is there, yep. you know, right. uh, maybe you're the one. Oh no, it could never be me. I mean, yeah, yeah, I got that. I'm I'm hearing those those thoughts. No, maybe it is you. Maybe it is you, the one the father is calling, and and if you don't, you're you're holding him back. You're holding others back. There, be a leader in worship. Be a leader. You guys have heard me say this to the men. Don't send your wife and children to do what, don't say to them, well, you need to go up there. No, you know, you need to lead them. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. That, that's why I'm not liked by everybody. <laughs> lead from the front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Lead, lead from, from the front. front. So Ryan, I got, so I got a question for you and mm -hmm. um, Daniel's not here tonight, so we can talk about him. And, um, it's, um, uh, and you know, he'll probably listen. So, you know, well, whatever, but, um, I, I just, I want to go to something and it, it, I hope it doesn't sound self-serving of me to ask this question, but I think it's the answer may be profitable to many people. Uh, last week, what was it? Was it two weeks ago? No, yeah. Two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were at the conference and you introduced Daniel you said that the first time that you saw him play, you said to yourself, he's not a musician, he's a worshiper. Yes. Could you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, so I guess to start, you know, in my background, I've seen a lot of great musicians, mm -hmm. you know, being in competition piano and that kind of thing. You, you know, I've seen, you know, the best of the best, you know, people who, would win international competitions because they were so um, skilled at their instruments. Wow. Right? That is a musician. All right. I'm not taking away. Daniel has great skill at the, at the guitar. So don't, don't get me wrong. He is a musician and, and a, quite a good one in his own right there. There is a higher level of that. And kind of like we talked about in, in separating what worship is and what music is. Right. Daniel when he plays he it is obvious that he plays to an audience of one and that is the creator and so all of his skill and all of his being he puts in that endeavor without reservation mm -hmm. and when you when you watch that you realize that he doesn't care that you are in the room he only cares that God is in the room. 
The only reason he cares that you might be in the room is so that you can be there with God, with him. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. totally. And watching that, it, it's somewhat intangible. It's hard to describe, but you know it when you see it. Uh, that is what he possesses. I hope that sums up that statement. Hmm. David, you want to? You I was about to, to say, um, yeah, this, this is. I think we. I, I don't know how many times, Ryan, we have talked about these same things, night after night after night after night, and we're finally able to actually put it out for others to listen to on, uh, on, on the web to be able to listen to it. But there's so much there on that subject alone, because I think one of the greatest things you can be as if you get to, if you're fortunate enough and you're essentially skilled enough to be up on that stage playing, one of the greatest things you can ever do is not play mm -hmm. and just join in. And I cannot tell you how many times when it, that happens and you are actually being directed by the participants. And you're like, okay, let's go. Like, I, this, is, this is wild. Where did this come from? And you're in that river along with the essentially the entire room that you're in. And it just, everything's just being guided by someone who's, who's not physically actually there, but his presence is very, very felt. Mm -hmm. That is what's, in, what's incredible. And to that end, though, playing for an audience of one, I cannot tell you how many times mm -hmm. we will be in the back, especially it's like, there's a lot of people, guess what? You get jitters, you get nervous. It always happens. But what always, I know what we all think, because we all basically tell each other the same thing. There's no one else here except for one. The king's in the room and he's sitting right there. That's all that matters. The king's sitting right there. And that's all we care about. We do not care about what anyone else is thinking, smirking, that doesn't matter. Uh, because also, just to, it is also very loud when, when, uh, when participants aren't participating and uh, carrying on on their own, it's actually not what you would think. It's actually extremely loud. Our noise is going out this way. We are hearing this as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's very distracting. We have to actually lock in and focus outside of that. And we've done it plenty of times. It doesn't happen all. It doesn't happen very much. But you would be surprised at how loud it is from the back. It's, it's very loud. Uh, you you guys were with with me in a, a conference. I really got in trouble when I stood there and told everybody that was talking to get out of the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really didn't yeah. go over real well. It, it uh, doesn't. Yeah, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I don't say that in a flippant manner. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't care. It's I guess let me let me take this to a different little different area here. I guess we need to ask ourselves the question of why do we go to a conference? Why do we go mm -hmm. to service? What, I mean, it's, it's funny to me they call it service and most people don't. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, good you know, point. Yeah, you, you've heard me talk about, you know, and, and I've talked about this, Rico, uh, within the temple and the tabernacle, the one thing that's not there is chairs. You know, that's right. Yeah. In a, in a church, it finally dawned on me why they called them pews. People mm have -hmm. been sitting on them too long. Right. Pew. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I don't think that's really why they called him Fuse, but that's why I think. Yeah. Uh, we we think need to so. ask ourselves a question. We're, we're called to come together, okay? Mm-hmm. But why? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it bothers me, and, and maybe I'm going to step on somebody's toes along the way, but you know, it won't be the first time. It bothers me when 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 there's different musicians there and they only show up for when they are leading. Right. It, it, it bothers me when there's other speakers there and they're only there when they're speaking. Mm-hmm. I got it. Sometimes there's ministry that needs to be done. You know, I'll have somebody that says, could I, could I talk to you? And I, especially when it's young, young people, you know, Mike, could I, could I spend a few minutes with Yeah. Yeah. I, I, let's do that. But if it's obvious that if I'm not speaking, I'm back in my room or or backstage or something like that, then people need to question why I'm there. Right. That's something that we need to, I think, get back to is the honor and respect that we show our brothers and sisters at, at these events and, and otherwise. Uh, and that's that's part of one of the reasons these events are there is so that we can we can meet each other. We can you know meet new people. But more than that, that we can uplift and encourage. Because um, you don't know who what's you know who might be there and what they're going through, mm-hmm. what they might have brought there, what their hurts are. Um, I mean that's what I know I have to remember because putting these on you know and, and, and going through the labor very labor intensive it's very costly very draining uh to to host these events to set them up tear them down to travel you know um the least we can do when we attend these is to show honor and respect to those that are putting it on to our brothers and sisters that are there back to what i was saying the reason i intend uh, still attend that i reminding myself of because of it, it does get difficult to keep you know wanting to go and do it it, it really does it's for the one mm-hmm. there could be just one there that needed to hear that one song or that one message or you know it's for the one yeah i got it Good. and if you're not in the room you're going to miss it yes. by the way so if you're out in the hall talking, <laughs> mm-hmm. you might just miss it. Right. I would love to, I want to bring it from another perspective, especially from uh, uh, something that I absolutely love doing is I love, I got to do that last event. I said this in the last po- uh, podcast is the uh, being able to worship on stage and be able to join with my brothers and sisters and going uh, and following in with the, what the spirit is dictating that the room it needs. And finding where that is, what's going on, because it's very responsive to who's there is what does that. And but I do absolutely love the behind the scenes. And I wanted to, if I may, I want to take up the people that are working, if you think about it, the ones who are working to make sure everything's working correctly. The sound guy, the light guy, the camera operator, the um, making sure everything's running good. If you have it a, a wonderful event enough where you got a monitor guy that's on state, like, there's a lot of backup crew and the bigger events, it gets that way. We've been in the big and the small. 
we've seen them both. And then I know, Ryan, you've even gone to even the bigger, bigger stages. And I know Tony has as well, where there are a lot, a lot of people for concerts. That's where us as backstage guys have to remember that there's a balance. There's always that balance of you're extremely gifted in your craft. You know exactly what can be done to take this to the next level. Where does that line, what does, what does this event need though is always a question I always have in the back of my mind is where is it too far and where is it just right? Mm -hmm. Because I would love to have lights that you could see when the worshipers are in a, in a moment of, uh, especially when worship leaders trying to uh, convey where they're at personally in that moment and you need a light to hit them so that you can see them. If it's dark, you're not going to be able to see. But I also know that there's so far that we could also run lasers and I could set up lasers. Do I need lasers though to actually convey that? There's that balance. How production. far does that go? Where production. does it become worship versus production? That's mm -hmm. something that all the, uh, there's been so many amazing people I've worked with that are just phenomenal. And there's been guys that have taught me as well. Do you need that? Do you need that for this event? Is that necessary? And I know in other places, especially in a, in a non-worship non event, that's not even considered. But if something isn't working, keep it simple. I've had too many times something that I felt needed to work had to happen. Then I realized maybe this doesn't need to work. Maybe I had a bad mental perception of, oh, this certain thing must work in order for all this to happen. Did it? Did it really? We've had sound equipment go down live during a, a worship event. We had it go down. Did that stop the worship? Yeah. Sure didn't. It sure didn't. And my, no, my, you go for it, Mike. If you have to have those things, okay. Um, I was at a, a church in Georgia one time, Southern Georgia of all places. They had lasers, a smoke machine, and a disco ball. Mm hmm. Now I can tell you that it was, it was energetic, mm -hmm. but would I want that? No, because, you know, to me, you get to a place and you and I have talked about this, you get to a place to where the production takes over. And I will, anybody that's, that's happened to be watching uh, or listening that uh, is, is, you know, your places on the soundboard or, you know, all these places, let me tell you the easiest place to backslide is on the production crew. That's right. Because you right. can become to the point that your job is important, but there's times that you need to say, guys, I need a break. I need to get out of here. You know, if, if you're sitting there behind the soundboard all the time or behind a camera all the time, uh, you can totally miss what's going on mm -hmm. because you're, yeah. you're staring at a lens or you're disconnected from something unless you're have you know, you need your time. We need to be cautious of that, of, you know, put somebody else up there that, that can do something, or maybe it doesn't even need to be there today so that you can spend your time. You know, we all need that personal time and we all need that corporate time because there's something about uh, bonding. There's a bonding that happens when you worship together. Yes. Yes, sir. You know, I, I think Absolutely. that probably you guys know Barry Phillips. Uh, Barry is mm -hmm. one of my closest friends. And um, 
literally it was it was over 20 years ago the second time that i was at the church that he was pastor at this at, at that time that uh god god came in the room i mean to the point that we were up on the this is in the early days of the hebrew roots movement when we had talits and shofars and a lot of that stuff's been been left behind but we were all dancing and everything and there was just this kind of a hush moment that came into the room and I was across the platform from Barry and we looked at each other and it was one of those moments that the presence of the almighty was so real. It was like, if we do something wrong, somebody's going to die. That's how real his presence was. And that, that bonded Barry and I, I, I think has, has caused our relationship to going through struggles and trials that we all do that was a something of that bonded us worship together will bond you will help Absolutely. you no doubt about it i'm glad that you mentioned that mike about the, you know, the being on the production crew is the easiest place to slide um that's something that's i think so often forgotten teachers worshipers you know, so often we're we're giving out we're pouring out of a cup and newsflash you can you can't pour very much out of an empty cup yeah you've got to take the time to go and get that filled back up and i remember it was so nice uh not, you know i guess this was a couple years ago now but we were able to go and visit a congregation that had a wonderful worship team there and it was awesome to be able to, to join in and not have to be the one, like I talked about, with the responsibility of mm -hmm. creating the atmosphere. I could just join in and actually worship and how refreshing that was. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're in that position, be sure to take that time. And if you are also, for those that, you know, like you said, constantly come to these events, you know, to service but aren't servants, find out how you can be a servant to those that are teaching or those musicians or to the production crew, because those people are the ones that are constantly giving out so that you can continue to come and enjoy these events. And I'm not even talking monetarily, you know, mm -hmm. but find out how you can be a blessing. And can I pray for you? Yeah. You know, can I bring you, you water? water? <laughs> you you know? need water. Yeah. Do you need water? That's a big one. Yeah. We um, always need water. Exactly. Oh, I have something that it just speaks right into this. It actually goes really well. A lot of times this has also happened when we have uh, in the past, not lately, thankfully, um, there is a special dynamic that happens between worshipers who are leading on stage and speakers who are either in charge of the event or speakers who are meant to come in maybe i might i don't know maybe you might have some uh thing to speak on that side of that equation because a lot of times let me i'll point out just to set up the example sometimes there's this um like let's say a pastor or say uh, whoever's leading talking they'll they have a message and they're wanting certain songs because that leader will like those songs and will say hey worship guys i want y'all to do it this way i want y'all to do this i want you to play it this way and it's always interesting from our from our side of the perspective of being worship leaders where we go hold up we're getting different orders you're you're telling us what we need to be playing here 
again, sometimes it works perfectly, sometimes it's great, but when that clash happens, and that there's a that dynamic is what mm-hmm. I'm speaking about there, Mike. Have you experienced that at all? Where there's a competition. There is uh, unfortunately there is a competition between speaker and uh, and, and the the worship team usually. Um, uh, you know, when we were at this past conference, I'm standing in the back there. I'm about to go up and speak. It's about five minutes from you know, and uh, somebody looked at me and said. Uh, are you, are you nervous? And, and I never get nervous. Um, I can speak to a thousand people. I don't get nervous, but I'm like a caged lion. Um, you know, and I do that when I come in to the conference, you know, if, even if I'm speaking, if I'm speaking like last, the whole weekend is, is really difficult because that message is there. And, and it's, I, I'm pawing at the ground sometimes. Um, but you know, when, when we got, when we worked together, um, let me just say it like this, Ryan, you're never my piano player. We're a team. Yes. <laughs> and we, we must work as a team. And there's Absolutely. times that I need to be able to, I need to be able to look at you and say, you know, Hey, could you do a song? But I never need to to look at you and say, now this is what I want you to do. Right. And there's times that I need to sit down and 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 let you run with it. And there's times that you need to cut it short and let me go. Right. And we all need to be we all need to be flowing in that river to where it's not about me. It's not about you. And this is why I think our our dynamic works pretty good because we respect one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes. I respect you hearing from the Almighty. I believe you do from me. And um, you know, but I've been in places um that the the worship team had been it was evident that they had been abused by somebody um this was a congregation a long time ago so nobody could ever tell where it was but uh, i came to the end i gave an altar call actually and i looked at the worship team and said hey could you come up and play and um they got ticked i mean to the point that he was actually yelling at me in the front and uh i you know it's not about me. And later on, I talked to to the person about it. And it was evident that someone had abused him in that and thought mm-hmm. that I was just kind of telling him what to do. No, nothing could be farther from the truth. Right. But that's, that's what has been, that has been out there through the years. Mm. Yeah. We have observed that as well, uh, where sometimes there will be a, um, that spirit of competition between the speaker and and the musicians um, where for instance, I will know that I know that I know that I know that this song needs to be played at that Mm -hmm. moment. And right as I'm about to do, do so it's like, you know, all right, well, we're going to move on into this, you know, and it's like, where were you, bro? Like, (laughs) you know, There was the spirit was moving. This stuff's happening. Like I don't know what you were, uh, you know, feeling or witnessing or whatever. Uh, and that, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I get impatient because I mean I don't just go to just kind of you know to just talk about something. I right. I go to speak into people's lives, right. and um, so yeah, I can be in the back and and I'm. I'm a little impatient with it. And it's like, Ryan, you, you're supposed to do four songs. And you're doing the fifth one. No, the sixth one, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, 
but you know, the, I, I find that the best thing that I can do to, to, to walk in the anointing that will, as the scripture says, break the yoke of bondage is to enter into your anointing mm. and then to flow mm. out of that anointing. That's good. That, yeah, I think that's, that's what I was, I was wanting to offer that idea that because, <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, how many times have we done things and everything went right without a hitch and it was on time? speaker stopped on time musicians started on time and stopped on time how many times does that happen yes zero. probably zero zero yeah. the ability <laughs> whoever and whoever's listening if you're a speaker and wonderful hallelujah we're so thankful that you're following the call that god's given you you're a musician wonderful we're so thankful that you're answering the call god's given you understand that your ego has to be checked at the door You've got to realize that there's a point where you've got to go, okay, what's happening here? And did my message just change five seconds before I got up there? As musicians, did our whole entire set list just get thrown out? We have asked that. Brian, how many times have we looked at each other and went, the set list just changed, didn't it? It's like, yep. Yeah, She's like, I mean, follow the lead, follow the lead. Two, two weeks ago, figure it out. Yeah, it's like follow the lead, <laughs> and we're gonna figure, we're gonna get through this because something just entered into this room. And we've been there. And I'm telling you, if you can check yourself and allow him to move through, you'll see, because you'll know it because there'll be no pride involved in it. The ego, you will not see ego on anybody. And you'll realize, whoa, I'm entering into something that is beyond my control. I just got to enter into the river and just let it flow. Yeah. And listening to that and knowing that that's the right answer is so valuable. Yeah. Yes. Get wet. Yes, get wet. Yeah. 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 dive in dive right. into because, the river. because maybe somebody else is is looking at you you know uh is a is a a person that's known as a leader as a speaker people are looking at me they're they're watching me so if i'm sitting at the back on my cell phone uh or talking with someone it's evident to them that i'm not taking what's happening in the room serious if if you're doing that you guys are doing that it's evident that nobody's taking it seriously. If, if the men are not worshiping the children, the, I cannot tell men this strong enough. I work with young adults a lot these days. Mm -hmm. They're watching you. What? And let me take it one step stronger. Some, some men in the room are causing them to stumble on their way to worship they're looking at you and they're stumbling and they're never getting there don't be a stumbling block to someone else worshiping don't mm -hmm. be a stumbling block to someone else experiencing the reality of the almighty in the room and in their life i'm done closing words guys i would say um kind of a takeaway from today's topic is we need to apply more care and attention to the detail of how we enter into worship, whether you're a musician, a speaker, or just a participant that's attending a, an event, a worship event or otherwise. This should not be done in a way that is flippant or 
um, you know, just run of the mill. We've done this so many times. We need to be setting that atmosphere for those around us, for the young people that are there. We need to be cognizant that that spirit of lethargy, that spirit of complacency when it comes to worship, of let me sit here and you feed me, that that does not come in. The spirit of, of you know, any ego or self-righteousness arrogance it like dave said it needs to be checked at the door so that when we we bring these events when we enter into the worship it's entered into seriously and with a heart of worship i, I think that's what i would leave you with i think i would echo the exact i would echo the exact same thing i think that what is the goal of you going to a worship service what is the goal Ask yourself that. What am? Why am I going here? Because if there's no real reason to go there, then why go? There's no reason to go then. Or are you wanting to experience the Almighty and to explain that just a little bit? Everyone is different. Imagine something so loving and so fearful at the same time that it just calms every single fear you've ever had in your life. Just all those just disappear. They don't mean anything. And for just a moment in time, all that matters is you and the Father, and that's it. And I think that as I've gotten older, I did not realize this as a young person, as I've gotten older, that kind of peace is very hard to come by. And to be in that peace is truly something you just don't want to leave. And so I would challenge anyone who's never experienced that, or they, they say, hey, I'm that back row person, or hey, I'm that guy that's sitting in the chair that's just like, can I just get to the meat and potatoes of teaching? I just want to listen to that you might find more just hearing from the Father during worship because it's not always the words that are being spoken by the worshipers in that room. It could be the words that God has for you. Mm-hmm. To, uh, <laughs> Well, that's a good segue there, Mike. <laughs> I'll take it because, you know, maybe yes. in that time of worship, David, mm-hmm. he would speak to you and tell you that he has plans for you yes. for good and not for evil to give mm-hmm. you a future and a hope. So maybe people want to not just live their life on purpose, but live their worship life on purpose. Until next week, guys.